Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Loretta McNary Show. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in to Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. And let me tell you, Michael has truly been on point, and we have really been unscripted, as you know, unscripted as Michael and I are. We never scripted anything, but we just started going with the flow a couple of weeks ago. And let me tell you, it has been so amazing, the word that has been delivered and how it has really been exactly what we needed to hear based on comments on Facebook and everything. So everybody, welcome our champion, Michael Foster. <laughs> Hello, Loretta, my soul sister. How are you? I am doing good. It's as as usual. It's been another eventful week, <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 thank God for grace. Thank God for grace and favor, boy. Thank Him Amen. for grace and favor. Uh, it's definitely been abounding this week and <laughs> last week, so. You know what? I'm with you on that. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell you, I did not want to do the show today. I was like, you know what? I am tired. I am tired. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to have this show today. And I'm being selfish, and I'm grateful, and I understand that. But ooh. oh, so I said, you know wow, what? Well, you know. lessons for. Well, trust me, huh? you're in the right place at the right. Trust me, you're in the right place at the right time, cause we that's when. We're going to talk about today. We're going to, we're going to, I, I know I mentioned last week about, you know, we're going to start the uh, series on religion. But I'm going, I'm going to postpone that for a while. That's, that's going to be a lot of information. I'm just going to postpone that for a while. That's going to, that's going to be the, uh, that's going to be the clincher for the years that religion. I, I think, I, I think this is going to be a hallmark series the religion cause it's, it's gonna it's gonna be where the rubber meets the road and it's gonna be for it, it's gonna show you where you are and who you are. All right. And, and from there you have to make decisions. So um uh, so I I decided, you know, just under you know, until the Holy Spirit to just go ahead and postpone it until until he says so it's it's gonna be a lot of information. It's gonna be it's going to be one of those type of shows where you're really going to have to hunker down and you're going to have to get the mirror out. You have to you have to truly face the man in the mirror, and and we're and we're in such a time as this that we're time for us to stop facing the mirror. Yes, Lord. Ooh. And you know what? I'm glad you postponed it because I I mean I'm looking in the mirror. I'm just ooh. Okay, it's not going to be about Loretta McNear today. <laughs> We're just going to roll with whatever you, wherever you go because I feel like I am to be a student today. I am going to be, as I am every Tuesday, but more so than ever, I'm like in kindergarten today. <laughs> I'm not even in high school like I told me. Well, we are, I guess the topic today is going to deal about self-control. But we don't have a title to it, but if have a title, just be self-control. So how to, yeah. how to practice self-control, how to develop it, how to fortify self-control in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today is self-control. And, of course, you know, with, 
And of course, my grandson has no self control right now. Yeah, I, see. <laughs> I, guess I see it. I see he's trying to steal the show. He is again. Okay, but go ahead, Michael. So yeah, he. Uh, so we we're talking about self control and and we're talking about it. And this is one thing that I'm seeing. There's something that I've noticed. Just talking with people in general, you know, they 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 want to see certain things come about in their life and they hadn't manifested yet. And it all boils down to self-control or a, a, a good synonym for self-control is discipline. Yeah. It all boils down to discipline. And when you hear the word discipline, most people kind of think of, you know, a lot of things, but when you say self-control, it kind of, it, it hones in on the topic that we're, that we're trying to reach and that's self. So so we were talking about how do you maintain discipline in your life? You you've been given it if you're born again, you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. That uh that seed as uh John says is on the inside of you and that seed remains and one of the what we call the fruit of the spirit that's found over Galatians five and twenty two, we'll be going there in a minute. One of those fruit is it's uh, temperance. And, of course, we know temperance means self-control. It means the, the ability to contain yourself. It means to be continent. And, of course, we know the opposite of continent is incontinent. You can't control yourself. You can't control your desires. You can't control your passions and your loves. So we're going to show you that today that you are in 100% control, and it's up to you to take control. So that's uh, the prelude to what we're going to talk about and, so get your listening ears on. Of course, we're going to give you some good, solid, foundational scriptures to go with that so you can have something that you can refer back to and also give the Holy Spirit something to work with in your life because he's always going to work with his word. With that said, uh, we're going to Galatians 5 and 22. Mm-hmm. And we know Galatians, of course, was written by Apostle Paul to the uh, Galatians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paul is, like I said, Paul was, you know, at some point we have to, as Paul says over in the book of Hebrews, that we have to get away from these rudimentary or elementary doctrines and start pressing on toward maturity. And, and that's one of the purposes of this show is to push you toward maturity in the kingdom and that's and we know the show deals strictly with the kingdom. We invite other people in to listen, but we're we just let you listen in on family business. So, so if people <laughs> all listen in and if you're not a part of the kingdom, hey, we can we can get you in. And if once you see the benefits of it, hopefully it will be something that definitely appeals to you. Because no man can come except he be drawn. So we pray that the word draws people on today and. We can add Amen. more to the kingdom and cause the kingdom of heaven to rejoice on our behalf. Amen. So let's find a good starting. Let's let's start a good find a good starting place here. And I always have the the meat of the scripture, but I like to kind of deal with the uh, what leads up to the meat of the scripture. Let's look at let's start verse number sixteen. It's a good starting place. Okay, the latest verse sixteen. Yeah, Galatians 5 and 6 says, This I say then, 
walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the, of the flesh. And once again, I'm in King James. I'm reading from the King James Version again on today. It said, for the flesh against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, and it's talking about the Holy Spirit here, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a key phrase that we kind of run over sometimes in that. He says that the works of the flesh are manifest. That means that they are, they are evident and they're visible for everybody to see. And, mm-hmm. it, of course, it goes, down, it goes down the laundry list of adultery and fornication. It's, it's the first two that you mentioned there, and those are usually the two that trip up everybody, adultery and fornication. Uncleanness, yeah. lasciviousness, and that's a, that's a word I want to key in on because lasciviousness is the opposite of self-control. I mean that you are just unbridled. As we say, we used to say years ago that it was that that you were off the chain. Well, of course, if you bring it up to to the twenty first century, off the chain is something good. You know, it means that, man, it was exciting. It was man, it was something that really appealed, you know, to the senses. Mhm. Just like we just like we use words like bad, you know, back then and said, man, that that's bad. Boy, that is bad. Well, we know bad literally means bad, but we were saying bad in a good connotation. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah. it's saying here that but it's saying here in this verse is that the that one thing that is that's evident in your life when you're walking in the flesh is lasciviousness. And this simply means unbridled lust or passion. It means no control, huh? No control whatsoever. You just, as we would like to say way back then, you are off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> you need to, you need to get back on the chain. And of course, we know we we say that because that you know we always know that that the dog, you know, once you let that dog off the chain, he pretty much went and did what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So that's where the term came from. For, for the young people who don't know where the term came from, that's literally where the awful chain came. So, verse 20 says, also idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. So if you don't find one in there that you, that you can relate to, then he said, and such like, and hopefully the other Hopefully pick pick you up somewhere in there and you can get rid of it. He says, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you also in times past. And this is our reason for getting rid of the works of the flesh. This next phrase it says, that they that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now we now we know that this show is all about promoting the kingdom. <laughs> so, right. So if you have no self-control, then guess what? He says you can't inherit the kingdom. And, of course, we know uh, the major inheritance of the kingdom are righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So you're definitely going to disrupt your peace. You're definitely not walking in righteousness. And you certainly won't have any joy in the Holy Ghost if you are constantly in, in the flesh in these things. In verse 22, gives the contrast of all this, but the fruit of the Spirit, now, 
fruit in this context means that these things have to be produced in you. Mm-hmm. It may not be evident or manifest as the works of the flesh are. He said, but the fruit of the spirit is love. And he makes that job easy for you because the love of God has been shared abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost when he came into you. So you have that you have that love, you have joy when you're a part of the kingdom. You have peace, as we talked about earlier, that those are some of the signs of, of the kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy. Long suffering. That means you you able to put up with some things. You can forbear some things. Another form of self control. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance against such there is no law. And then verse twenty four says, And they that are Christ and they that are Christ that's a condition, and they that are uh-huh. Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and love. And of course we know affections deals with your passions and love deals with a longing for something that's forbidden. Then he gives us the answer in 25, that if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Another condition, say, if we live in the spirit, we should also be walking in the spirit uh-huh. and not in the flesh. So if you so, so logic would dictate that if you are constantly walking in the flesh, then you're certainly not in the spirit. And if you're not in the spirit, it could be a big indicator that you probably are not born again. And we and that was the first show we did uh, last year, Loretta, was Are You Truly Born Again? So we <laughs> yeah. talked about some of those signs of that. And of course, we don't have time to go back and, and, and deal with those. We may do it on a later show. Yeah, but it's in archive. It's still in the, available in archive. That's the beauty of this blog talk radio. They stay in archive. So now let's let's go over and let's look at so that's so that the foundation scripture for that is going to be found actually Galatians five and twenty two, but want you definitely to always go find where the thought begins and also where the thought ends. So remember, in order to have self control you have to be in the spirit, you have to be walking in the Spirit, or you have to be walking in the Holy Spirit, or you have to be walking in the Holy Ghost, which is whichever you came from, you can choose the terminology. And he said, if you are Christ, he says, you have crucified your flesh. I mean, you have put to death the flesh with the affections and also the lust. So we know that that affections and lust are the, are the impetus for losing self-control. And and we know one way that that lust or affections really get into us. Some of them are innate, but most of but most of most of them are produced or we produce them in our lives, and they come in through our senses, through what you see, through what you hear, through what mm-hmm. you taste, through what you smell, through what you are touching. So all of these things can come in through. The senses. Now let's look at another scripture here that basically deals with deals with that. First uh, Corinthians nine. Let's look at First Corinthians nine. Okay, First Corinthians nine. Again, a letter from Paul to Corinthians. 
and 25. That's of Corinth. Well, let's uh, start with verse 24. Okay. And it says, Know you not that they which run in the race run all, but one receiveth the prize. In other words, you know, in, in just a physical race, you have a lot of people running, and they're all running. They're, they're all competing for, for the prize, but only, one, but only one person received the prize. And, of course, we see that in sports. Mm-hmm. Or, or or any uh, competition. No, you're there. Everybody is, is is there to compete to win that one prize, and we everybody wants first place. Everybody wants a gold medal. Everybody wants a world championship trophy, and all the trimmings and trappings and jewelry that goes with it. He says, he says. So he is saying, so run that you may obtain. So he says, so you, so we should all be running this race as if we are going to obtain the prize or we're going to win the prize. And look at verse 25. It says, Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. He says, Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we, an incorruptible, and of course an incorruptible crown is inferred there. So it says, so, so if you're going to strive for the mastery, you have to have discipline. You have to have self-control. You have to learn how to control your passions and your lust and your desires. You have to learn to talk to your body. You have to learn how to talk to your flesh. And that's what Paul is saying, is telling us how he did it. Look at verse 26. He says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, he says, so fire eyes, not one that beat the air. He said, in other words, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not shadow boxing here. He said, he said, I'm not running and hoping that I'm going to win. He said, I'm running knowing that I'm going to win. And if I'm fighting, I know I'm whooping somebody. I'm not beating the air. <laughs> Look at verse 27. He said, but I keep under my body. That means that, and he said, and he brings it into subjection. That's what, if Paul did it, we should easily be able to do it. We have so many tools that we use that can do it in this day and time. And he says he knows how to be he knows how to bring his body into subjection. How do you bring your body into subjection? Just by not allowing the lust and the passions and the desires to be manifested. And you are one hundred percent in control because you control your body. Let's finish up what Paul said. Okay. Paul says, Less that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And I think another verse just said, I myself should be disqualified. So he's, he's, he's using a physical analogy about running a race and winning the prize and, and, and preparing for this race and being temperate and all things because you want to master what you're doing. And that's what, you know, professional athletes do. You know, there's a certain amount of discipline that goes with them going in and watching hours of film. You know, just imagine how boring that could be watching the same play over and over again. So, so, you can, so you can learn the strategy of the one that you are trying to beat. Why? Because they want to obtain that prize on that day. They just want a W. As they said, we want a W. 
We want to. We don't want to hey, We want to win. <laughs> so and they're eating right. They're exercising. They're they're in the weight room. There's certain things that they're not going to do on game day. It's it's all discipline. And then there are certain rules they have to follow. And so if you do certain things, like put, you know, performance-enhancing, you know, drugs, you know, which is a, a big thing now in sports because everybody's looking to get that edge, that little competitive edge to do what? Just to win that one prize. But Yeah, and they really can risk it all, though, too. Though. So that's, that's a risk, and that's a great analogy for what we're talking about, too, is, you know, you do those things, and you may appear to be getting away with it, and it makes you better, it makes you happier, it inspires you. But, of course, it's contrary to the word of God, then you're going to risk it all just for that That's monetary right. satisfaction of saying, I won, or I got through this, or I got the gold, or I won the championship. So we have those performance enhancers, too. You know, we call them different things, of course, alcohol, sex, um, I mean, you just call overeating, <laughs> overspending. Oh, yeah. So those are I just all things that we lose self control. That's right. We and we and he named them up in in that you know, just just uncon just total just just all just took all the brakes off. You know, you just going for it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's what so that's what you have to begin to practice in your life is that self-control, and then it's a fruit that can be produced by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, so you can't say it can't be done. If you say you're in the kingdom, it can be done. And then not that it can be done, it should be done. And it's one of those things that should be, those are the things that should be manifest or evident in your life, and those are the fruit of the Spirit, not the works of the flesh. Now, let's give them a good work of a definition of temperance. We know it means self-control. And I think I mentioned it earlier, but a good just work of a definition is the ability to master your desires and your passion. It's just ability to master your desires and your passion. Especially sensual appetites. And we know some yeah. of the strongest appetites known to men are food, sex, and money. And as in this power, food, sex, money, and power, those are, the, those are the four major things that, that men cannot control or have a lack of what they seemingly can't control. Yeah, yeah. Have, those but, are the ones that challenge us the most. Yeah. Of course. Or that we give in so, to the most as well. Exactly. Well, well, like I said, they, you know, each listener has to determine which one. And, and, and these are the four major ones. These are, these are the four I call the these – these are the four horsemen here. <laughs> They're the four <laughs> horsemen. These are the ones that, can, that, that, that you've seen top of empires. You've seen them top of businesses. You've seen them top of ministries. All four, power, sex, money, food. We've seen, we've seen people in the body of Christ die prematurely because they can, they can control their physical appetite. The doctor has forbidden them 
not to eat sugar. You know you got high blood pressure. You know you got diabetes. You need to, uh, you know, stick to your exercise program. You know you need to control your diet. And he is, he has forbidden it now. Now the doctor has forbidden. Remember, lust is a longing for something that's forbidden. And and sometimes knowing that we can't have it is what increases desire. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one that the years ago when I was I was diagnosed with low blood, blood sugar hypoglycemia, which is the opposite of uh, diabetes and, and 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 high blood sugar, and just on the other end of the spectrum. Well, I I, I want a big eater of sweets anyway, but knowing that I could not have them, it only <laughs> just it, it just increased that desire. Didn't want it anyway. And, and and that's where that's where lust comes in. Is that you are starting to long for something that's forbidden. And it's something that you probably wouldn't do anyway. Yeah. So these so so these are the things that we're coming to tell you today that you have the control, you have the power. You have that ability. And I'm going to prove it to you. Go to uh let's go to second Timothy one and seven. Again, love yeah. Paul. <laughs> yeah, Paul not lay it out. Paul knows how to lay it out there. Now, of course, this is... Okay, Second Timothy. Second Timothy uh, 7 is going to be the key verse. Trying to make sure I can I find a good starting place here. He's what chapter is it? A one, Second Timothy one seven. One seven. And this basically is an, an exhortation that he's given to this this young pastor Timothy that he's about to place over the church on his from the, or one of the churches that he has established during his missionary journey, and he's writing a letter back to him to, you know, to keep him encouraged. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, uh, and let's start at verse 6. He says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. I mean, we know that means you know, just timidity. That means just terror to mean that you just... He's not given the spirit of, of shyness. He's not giving up the spirit that we always shrink back from things. We shrink back from a challenge. He said, but he has given us, that's inferred there, he has given us the spirit of power. And, of course, you know, power there means ability. It means explosive ability. I mean, the ability to get done what he has ordained you, whatever office he's called you to, whatever gift he's placed in you, He's giving you the power to get that done. And that's what power means there. It means ability, not authority there. So talking about ability, he's giving you the ability to get it done. So you can do it. You can practice self-control and discipline in your life. He has also given us the spirit of love. And, of course, love there means agape. That means the God kind of love, not phileo, not erotic love. But it's talking about agape and, of course, we know we have that when, like I said, he's given us the Holy Spirit as the, as the sign or as the earnest or the down payment. 
for us for his coming back. And so he's given us that love. And, of course, the next one means a sound mind. The word sound mind in that context literally means self-control or discipline. So if you get an opportunity to look it up, the Greek number is 4995. most, which means discipline or self-control. It's a Greek word. So you have the ability. Why? Because God has given, God has not given you that spirit of fear. God has not given you the spirit to cave into your flesh. But he has given you power. He's given you love. And he's given you self-control. Or he's given you, he's given you these things. These things were given to you when you became a member of the body of Christ, when you became a citizen of the, of the kingdom of heaven. So they're in you. So I'm taking away all your excuses. That's what I'm working on now. And then we're going to talk about some remedies of, of, of how to practice self-control. Okay. Oh, yeah, let's we're going to talk one. about that. <laughs> That's the part I'm waiting on. Well, let's go, to, well let's, let's go ahead and start talking about how to do this. Go to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter. Those Petra. Look at you. Okay. Simon Peter. Wow. I, now, this is what I like. Because you, you have to realize that a lot of things have been given us. A lot of things have been given unto us. A lot of things, he's, he's given us the, he's jump-started us, so to speak. He's given us, he's primed the pump, so to speak. He's, he's given us a head start and how to, how to thrive in the kingdom. But after that, it's, it's on us to, to use our faith to develop these things in our lives. Like the fruit of the spirit, these things have to be developed. They have to be produced. That's something that you have to do. You have to produce those those fruit in your life. They are there. You just have to bring them to the forefront. So like we bring to the forefront the manifestations of the flesh. And you know somebody folks in the only manifestation of the flesh, I want to give you some answers today. You know what your struggles are. You know what your issues are. You know what the things are that are hindering you from running this race with patience and endurance. I don't have to listen. You know what they are. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, he can show you exactly what they are. Just ask them. Okay, let's look at the computer one. Let's start at verse two. We we'll have to read the salutation. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And how is that done? That is through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and to virtue. So he has already given, he has already bestowed these things upon us. That's what the word had given 
And they said not just bestowed it, but he is, he's, he's bestowed them as a gift, not as a requirement. He's given them to you. So he has already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And we know godliness there can mean purity. It can mean holiness. It can mean godliness. It can mean piety. It can mean cleanliness. So these things have already been given unto us. And he's given us, has given us them to us through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And who is the one that's called us to glory and virtue? Jesus. But we make the confession of him as Lord and Savior of our lives through the knowledge of him. Because there's no way you can get into the kingdom. He's the door. He's the only door to the kingdom of God. So you have to go through him, and you have to go through him through knowledge, knowledge of him. Confessing him as what? As Lord of your life. Lord of when And when you did that, he said his divine power has given. I mean, it's already, it's already happened. And there, and, and there it goes, it says, according to his divine power, his divine power. They go to the world to go, the world again, do them us again. I mean, in its pure, purest context, it actually means miraculous power. But it means the ability, and we know that, that salvation itself is a miracle. That the God of the universe has come now to, to come and dwell within my being. And if he does that, that makes me like him. That's a miracle. That's a miracle within itself. So he has all, his divine power has already given us all things that pertain unto life, and that means the God kind of life, not just this physical life, but that Zoe life. He's already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And the purest word for uh, godliness there is holiness. And it's all through the knowledge of him who has called us or who has summoned us or who has directed us or bidded us or called us unto glory and also unto virtue. Look at verse number four. It says, whereby are given unto us, he's constantly giving us stuff, Loretta, (laughs) (laughs) are given unto us exceeding. And then he's using all these, he's using these uh, superlatives here, like his divine power, and using strong words like glory and virtue. Now he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And we know most of the promises of God are found in his word. He said he's already given us his exceeding great and precious promises. He says that by these, that by those promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So like I'm taking away all your excuses. Taking away all your excuses. You have control. You just have to exercise. And just like you exercise, well, not you, but just like we exercise. I don't want to leave me out mm-hmm. of this. Sometimes we can, we can get into that mode where we respond in a fleshly manner. But we should have responded in, in love. Or, or we should have responded in power. Or we should have responded with self-control or sound mind, 
Why? Because he's already given them to us. And he says, he's also given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. I just need you to let this soak in for a second. He's already given you those promises, and we know God is not a man that he should lie. These are promises. They mean if they're promises, they mean they have to come to pass. Now, we, we're not just talking about the good promises either. You remember, promise is a promise. <laughs> he, also, he, he also promises to judge us when we're in sin. And that promise is that the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. That's a promise. By the same token, the other, part, the other side of that promise that the, but the gift of God, and so I said the gift of God, we're talking about what he's given us. The gift of God is what? Eternal life. So, we, so you have to take the good with the bad. Life is not boneless and skinless and seedless. You got to take some encumbrances that come with life. So he says that by these, you have, you might be partakers of divine nature. You might be. Uh-huh. So that means you, I mean, you have the ability to be a partaker of this divine nature, but it's all based on how you take a part in his precious promises and how you act upon his divine power that was that has given you all things to help you live that God kind of life and also to live a life of holiness. And it's through knowledge. And see, I'm, I'm constantly going back and forth to these because I really want you to get it. Because when I'm when I'm talking to people and and trying to show them they can they can do it, the first thing about those mouth is excuses. And my my deal is my goal is to always squash your excuses, show you that you can do it to let you know that you do have control. We control what we want to control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all have the control. Just like we have the ability to control our our, our bladder, we have control. We have the ability to, to control those. Sometimes that, and that's what they call incontinence when, when you can't. When you're where you can be continent, you have the ability to, to contain yourself. You do have the ability to say no to your flesh. And it's that simple. You have to speak to it. Sometimes you have to physically speak to it. No, you're not doing that. You're not going to have that. You're not going over there. <laughs> you're not listening to that. And, and, and I know it Michael, crazy. I have done that. You do have, I mean, that it works too, because that's like invoking the Holy Spirit on your behalf when you speak it out loud, because you're trusting and believing that if you open your mouth and you say, no, and I will not, you know, you have to talk to your bodies. We're not going to do it. We're not going to have the extra slice of cake. We're not going to have cake at all. Or we're not going to go over there and get his phone number because we know if we get his phone number, then we go out with him or her, and then you know exactly. one to another. So we uh, and I'm I'm glad that we're having this conversation because it's helping me. I, I'm I'm not dealing with the flesh part of it, but just in um, being obedient and remembering that God did not give me the power of fear, but of um of power and sound mind, and, and then the thing of that self discipline. We can choose to be uh, to let things upset us. We can choose to be upset and to be depressed, 
you know, I'm not talking about clinically diagnosed depression. I'm talking about this temporary thing when things are not going our way and we want to get depressed. Yes. And that's how it's the clinical part starts, though, is with that, yes, I'll be depressed. Yes, I am depressed. Yes, I am. Yes, this is too much. But you hear people saying that um, that song, no, yes, you will not put more on us than we can bear. And, you know, some people say, is that really scriptural? And where is it in the Bible that it says that? And, of course, when I read it, I got a whole different synopsis of what it was talking about. Oh, but yeah, this yeah. It's is telling it's, it's, it's us. Totally Yes, so yeah, uh-huh. it, it is. Yeah, they use it out of context to me. But but because I, I do believe that, though, that he will not put more on us than we can bear is because of these promises that he's given us and because of the oh, yeah. of the spirit. That's it. Now, you may not be able to do it by yourself, but because he has given it. Michael already says he, he's given us stuff. I like that, Michael. It reminded us that he does. It reminded me personally. God has given me what I need. I don't have to be up and down one day based on, you know, things that are happening outside of my control because I can truly, like Paul said, I have learned to be content because we know that, you know, you have to keep reminding yourself of God's word. That's what gets you through. That is what gets you through. Keep reminding. Because when, you know, God knows his word, but he wants to know that you know his word. So that's why he wants it spoken back to him, because there is so much power that we can't even imagine when you speak God's word into the atmosphere. It is power in those words when they come out of your mouth and not just they reside within your heart and your soul. There is power. And if you don't believe me, try it. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. There is power when those words go out into the atmosphere. I promise you there is power. It's, it's divine power. It's not our own natural power just because we're speaking it. You have to believe that God is um, using those words to move those mountains, to, you know, because they said Satan trembles in fear at the name of Jesus. So you have to call it out of your mouth. And that I is so true, Loretta. <laughs> Okay, but but see, but, and and I'm glad you say it there because we. My ultimate goal for today is to is to show you that that you do have control. You know, it's not to not to berate you, not to belittle you, not to make you feel like you you can't do it. My goal is to show you that you can do it, and I'm showing you that you can do it. I'm showing you in the word that if you that if you are a Christian, if you are a citizen of the kingdom, and like I said, these are conditions I'm talking about. If you are there, these things are already there. They have already been granted you. They have already been given you. So you can do that, and he wants us to be a partake of his divine nature. Why? So we can escape the corruption that is in the world through us. And as you said, there is, there is, there is corruption that's in the world system. I mean, ruin, I mean, it, it, you... You can be perished. It comes to perish and to, to destroy. I mean, decay. So we don't want we don't want to be a partaker of corruption. We want to be a partaker of His divine nature, and we do that by by allowing the lust of the world not to influence us. We don't want to be corrupted by the lust that comes with the world. And remember. A good workable definition is for lust is that you are longing for something that is forbidden, and 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 that could be and that could be relative for everybody. As I used the example before, you know, at, at one point sweets were forbidden for me, for me. Why? Because it was spiked my blood sugar and caused my blood sugar to drop. 
So now I, I, I could have chosen to, to, to have it and not to obey those doctors and those nutritionists, you know, um, and not, not uh, exhortations, but their rebukes. I, I could have uh-huh. chosen to ignore those, and I could have caused myself to black out while I was driving or doing anything, and I could have hurt myself. I could have hurt others. Matter of fact, they, they threatened to take my driver's license when I was going through it because I, uh-huh. I was the type of person. My, my blood sugar dropped so low, I was just completely black out. So I had to, I had to, had to abide by that, that, that nutritional plan that they gave me. I had to learn how, I, before I left that nutritionist office on that day, if I wanted to keep my driver's license, I had to learn how to do my diet exchanges before I left that office that day. You got to think, I was a young, I was a young 20, young 20, early 20 <laughs> young man, but I had <laughs> to, I had to put forth the discipline to eat those six small meals a day and, you know, to plan the amount of carbs and the amount of protein and the amount of fat and all that and count my calories, you know, and document it so when I went back, I showed her exactly what I was doing. I had to do all of that. I had a choice not to do it, and I would have suffered the consequence of not doing so. Because it can easily, when it's not managed properly, it can go the other way. It can turn around and go high. Now I said yeah, all that. And I really, that. I want to, um, yeah. Can you give us the, the definition of lust again? Because I think, because most of the time we hear the word, we only we only think of sex um, outside of yeah. marriage, where we lusting yeah. after somebody. We want to have, you know, they think it's just the body that wants to have sex with somebody, <laughs> some person that they no, think just on eyesight view is so super fine, but. I'll be glad when people will wake up and, and, you know, just because somebody looks good to you physically, you know, you hear just what it's because it looks good don't mean it's good for you. But you got to, you know, at some point get past that. you got to be looking at somebody and saying, you know, oh, yeah. you want to be with them intimately, number one. And then, of course, um, as Christians, you know, you're supposed to not lust for that person because you're supposed to be, you're supposed to marry because sex was created for a married couple. But so give us that working definition of lust again. About working the definition of, of lust is, is a longing for that which is forbidden. Mm. In other words, you, in other words you, you desire something that you, should, you know you shouldn't have. Just like, just like I, can, I, can, I can lust after my wife all I want and it's not a sin, but if another man starts lusting after her, guess what? It's sin. See what I'm talking about? It's, it it, it, it right. can be relative because it's, it's not, she's not, I'm not forbidden from her. Anybody else in the world is forbidden from her because I have a covenant relationship, and that's where the word adultery comes in. I mean that you, that you are adulterating the covenant that you made with this person. That's where adultery comes from. That's why adultery deals with marriage. You're adulterating the covenant. You're breaking that bond that God used to put you all together. So you have to, and yeah, you really can't break a bond. You have to tear it up. Mm. Because when two, because when two things, when, when when two things actually bond, guess what? They can never come apart at the place where they were bonded. That is a that is a scientific principle. That's what the word bond means. So that's why it says, leave mother and father and cleave unto your wife. The word cleave means to bond. So if so if so if if she goes in or she goes out or I go out and I adulterate, I can't separate that bond. 
I have to adulterate it. I have to tear it up. And that's where adultery comes in. And of course we know and 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 of course we know fornication is, you know, you know, it's just any unlawful sex act, be it sex outside of marriage, uh, pornography, you know, and it, there are other, I'm not going I'm not going to open that can of worms because we probably have a lot of questions. But <laughs> but is but is is any unlawful sex act. What is you know, sex outside the confines of marriage? Whether it's I'm married and I'm up here looking at pornography, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of other things entering in. Those are the things that can corrupt a marriage, or really can, or or corrupt the covenant that you that God has made with you. Okay, now let's get back to this so we can show you, so we can show you, give you them something to hold on to, and then we'll get back on this one. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're seeing now that he has given us exceeding great and precious promises, and they come for a purpose, he said, and those promises help us escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5 is where I want to come in on. And he says, besides this, besides, he said, after I have given you all this, now it's time for you to do something. He said, besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith. Now, he's given us the measure of faith when we came born again, right? Uh-huh. So he's given us the faith that we need to get started on the journey. He said, you add to your faith. It's implied to their virtue. And you add to virtue knowledge. And you add to knowledge temperance. And you add to temperance patience. So sandwiched between... Self-control or temperance is knowledge and patience. And like I say, I'm, I'm going to let that, let that soak in for about 15 seconds. So here in the scripture, between self-control is knowledge and patience. Wow. I'm going to read from the... Um NIV version, because this is... Yeah, um, go ahead. I love it. <laughs> this chapter, Second um, Peter chapter 1, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance. I'm yeah. stopping where you stopped. Of course, there's a little more to that. So, 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 so right there, so, so right there, so, so, so between knowledge... But so, so, so self-control is actually sandwiched between knowledge and he's and he's and, and knowledge is talking about you have to add that knowledge. It means that you have to add some things to it. He's already given you the knowledge of him. Now you need to add some other things to it. Like what what we're doing today is knowledge. Mm-hmm. And after you got the knowledge, you start practicing yourself because you have to add to your knowledge self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. So you, so at the end, so you you can't have you can't have self-control without knowledge or perseverance. And I'm trying to make the equation simple for you. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just putting you there just between those two. And of course, there are some other things that you need and add to your patience, godliness, 
and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall never be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's something that we can talk about later time because the word knowledge there and the word knowledge up there are two totally different things. Read uh, read that from the NIV. Finish reading that in the NIV, Loretta. Okay, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Be verse 9 for me. Be verse 9 for me. but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed past sins. Wow. See, that wow. was so huge for me, that part right there. See, that's what so, happens. So you forget that you're you. cleansed. Yeah. You're clean. Like I said, you, you, you're already there. And that's the purpose of this teaching is to show you that you have self-control. You just have to exercise it. You just you have to you have to fortify it in your life, and sometimes the easiest way to do it is just to learn how to say no. Some people just don't know how to say no. Some people think it's strange for you to talk to your body. Some people think it's strange for you to talk to yourself. No, you are not pulling that credit card out to. You know you are you are in in, in chapter seven or chapter three. You are in file bankruptcy, and you are making more debt. That's a that's a lack of self control. Yeah. And when 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 I was in the man when when and you know when when I I admit when I was in the world we I mean we didn't there was no such thing as control we we didn't have any self control. Everything was off the chain. Whatever the mind imagined to do, we did. But but now we see. But now you, I have the mind of Christ. And I have to practice self-control if, I, if I'm going to please him. Because he's already given me all these. He gave me his virtue. He gave me his glory. He gave me his exceeding great and precious promises. He gave me his Holy Spirit. And he said, now the stuff you've got to do is easy. So all you got to do is just answer that with some diligence. Be diligent and add to your to your faith some virtue, and to your virtue some knowledge, and to your knowledge some temperance, and then to your temperance and patience, and to your patience, godliness. Now, a good work of a definition for patience there is long suffering is for people, and patience is for things or circumstances. That's the difference between patience and long suffering. Long long suffering always deals with people. Hmm. Patients deal with, I guess, places and things <laughs> or situations. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a, that's a great way to really bring it home so we can understand it. Long-suffering means when you're dealing with, 
usually dealing with people, people that you'd rather not be around or that you, you feel like they're causing you so much trouble. And that's why people, that's what they say, people don't quit jobs, they quit people. You don't leave a company yeah. because of the company was whatever. It's usually a person yeah. on that job oh, yeah. that causes you yeah. to want to quit. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, so, I, so, I, so. So long suffering it literally means to forbear. It means that you just you know, I got the right to punch him in the mouth, I'm not gonna do it. You just practice self control. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a right and to go Self control is controlling your emotions too, because we we, oh, yeah, we can see it when it talks about it. shopping and all but th- those are emotional things shopping, based eating. on how we feel. Yeah. So exactly. That's when it really is what we can relate it to is when our emotions are out of whack and we want to do things and we want to have things that are forbidden. We want to shop where we shouldn't be shopping. We want to be with somebody yeah. that we know that we shouldn't be with. And I'm not even talking about physical. Exactly. I'm just talking about, you know, just connecting with them on a on a exactly. personal, one-by-one personal level. Yeah, emotionally. Yeah. So we usually have self-discipline issues when our emotions are out of whack. When we are not, like they say, when you forget who you are, when you're being, you know, nearsighted and you're being blinded, you're forgiving. You're forgetting, you know, that your sins, number one, are are washed away. And number two, you're forgetting how God has brought you through in the past. You're forgetting God's promises. You're forgetting that you do have the power to be to control this situation because you can respond, like you said, Michael, with power. You can respond with self discipline, or you can respond with um, love. What's the second one? Love. love. Yeah. Love. Yeah. 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 So you don't have to respond in fear and make those decisions, or be mad when you got to make a hard decision. Um, when you feel like a door is being closed and you want to get upset, and I've been there, so I'm learning this stuff and and being on this call on Tuesdays has really helped me spiritually tremendously. Stuff that wow, I can't get is, on Sundays. I can't get this on Sundays because my pastor can't stop just for me. You know, he can't stop and say, let me address your concern that you're having already. So I'm loving, <laughs> that's right. you know, this, and that's what you do with Discipleship International. That's why you say, I'm not trying to pass the church. I'm not trying to get members to come to me. I just want to be that extra. I want to be that lift. I want to be that Let's sit down. Let, you would like tutoring us, Michael. That's what you are. You're a spiritual tutor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm, I'm feeling it now. I need. I didn't want to have the show, but I'm so, like, a thousand well, no, well, glad that we did. Well, well, well you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I can be a tutor <laughs> to you all. But uh, do me, I, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to do me a favor. While you got the NIV, I want you to read verse 10, and that would be the that would be our scripture, <laughs> scriptures for the for the day. Read verse ten in from the NIV. Verse ten. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And if you will receive a rich well, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We want a way to end the show. See, so like I said, you can do it. You know, I'm just, you have the power. But like I said, sometimes as I ask that question, you know, you know, three weeks ago, do you really know who you are? Now you should. Ooh, no. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning each and every week. I'm closer to becoming her and knowing who and embracing who I really am. 
Michael, you are a genius. <laughs> Thank you well, so much, everybody, well, for all, listening. Well, all glory goes to God. Amen. Definitely. He's using you, Michael, in a mighty way. Tuesday on Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.